I've titled the message series that leads us up to Christmas Day, Meetings at the Manger. I thought I would title it that because it would seem to me that the birth of a child, especially one with controversy out of wedlock, is not the sort of thing you invite people to. And yet God did. He invited guests to the birth of his son for a reason. And ever thought about what kind of people you like inviting to a get-together at your place? I know who's on my must-have list because they're the life of the party. Look, I'm a bit of an introvert. And so as a result of that, I have a tendency to invite people who like to be party stirrers at, at gatherings. I like that. There are some people I probably wouldn't invite uh, to, a, uh, to, to, to a, a party because they eat all the food, perhaps, or, or <laughs> uh, that, sounds, that sounds a little unfair. They eat all the food or, uh, or, or they dominate the conversation in controversy. You don't need that. Or well, God invited some guests to uh, the birth of his son and our Savior for a reason. And I wanted to tell you again today and over the next few weeks why it's so important that we bring certain things to Jesus and why it's so important that Jesus came into certain worlds and spaces and changed them. And so I want to take you to Luke chapter 2 and verse 15. It says this, The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. If you don't know the history of the birth of Jesus, the angels came to some shepherds and said, you should make your way to a place in Bethlehem. Something significant is going to happen. And while they were talking, more angels came and they broke out into song in front of the shepherds. And those are not the shepherds. Those are the young guns, which we will have to find a venue for somewhere uh, um, I didn't know that was going to happen. They warned me it's going to be loud today because it's their final one. But it's loud every Sunday. It's not got anything to do. Um, uh, grade six, seven, and eight. You know, um, the angels uh, announced to the shepherds, the shepherds made their way to the manger. The three wise men made their way to a manger. Uh, the, the manger itself was an expression of farming life and community and animals and so forth. Why that guest list for a day like that? And I wanted to talk to you a little about why God put together a guest list like that and how you can get God's impact into your life in each of those areas that he invited there. Because every person at the birth of Jesus or around that time represents a part of our lives. They represent an area, a need, a reality, a circumstance. They're placeholders for your, for your and my life. You know, uh, the, the Bible describes uh, things of importance being kept or stored as being put in an ark. I don't know if you know about the Ark of the Covenant, for instance. Those of you who are big readers would know about the Ark of the Covenant. You know, the Bible talks about at least two types of arks, right? Uh, the, the, the one ark is the ark of the covenant where they put stuff in. The other ark is the thing that saved the world during a flood. Another ark is the one where Moses was put into a, a thing, a basket, right? Those are all examples of arks. Well, let me tell you that the manger is another kind of ark, a place in which God put things of value 
to preserve them against the world that was taking the wrong turns. And you know, it's amazing what you, I mean, if I, I got asked this question years ago, I don't know why, I was trying to think what the conversation was and I couldn't remember it, but uh, if anybody has ever asked you, if you had to save one thing from your house, what would it be? Oh, I know what it was. It was a test, you know, that people wanted to see if I would say, I would rush in and save my Bible. But th- th- that's changed now because I can download it on any computer anywhere in the world, right? If you had to rush in and save one thing, what, it, what would it be? Now remember, husbands, if your wife ever asks that question, the correct answer is, babe, I will rush in and save you. That is the correct, no other answer will do. Don't say I assumed you were outside already. Don't say that I rushed in and saved your favorite dress. Don't say any of that. You're going to go in. You're going to save her. Even if you lose a limb, it'll be worth it. And all the wives said, there's going to be trouble on the drive home. I wanted to talk to you about what God saved as of most importance and what he was trying to tell us by bringing everybody everybody to, to the manger. But by the way, as part of our conversation on starting things up again, I think it's time for us to invite people back to a gathering of the saints and an invitation to see and experience this great thing that the Lord has done, the salvation of our souls through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's time to make a few phone calls and say, you need to be back in the house of the Lord. It's natural that over time we lose a bit of interest or we get indifferent or even worse, perhaps we just get far away, we get distanced. And sometimes you just have to say, you should, you should come and see. You know, even the angels needed to appear to the shepherds and a star needed to appear to a wise man. Will you consider being a star, a light or an angelic voice in somebody's life in the next little while as God rebuilds uh, the places of worship around the world? Can you say amen to that? Well, uh, Exodus chapter 25 talks about what an ark does. Uh, having made uh, an ark uh, out of acacia wood, I quite like that. I didn't realize it was acacia wood. Acacia is indigenous to Africa. I like that Africa is right there in the Bible holding the treasures of heaven. Can you say amen to that? There's something about that, um, Andre, that I quite like. Two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, a cubit and a half high, just some dimensions, overlaid with pure gold, both side, inside and out made of gold molding around it, and then place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant of the law that I will give you. And, um, and there above the cover, uh, between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the covenant law, and I will meet with you and give you all my commands for Israel. You know, the first thing they put in a box, a covenant box, was law. The things to do and not to do. But later, as time goes by, that box is opened and more things are put in it. God put in a rod, a stick that had budded into life. And God put in there manna, a little bit of daily bread. 
And you know, all of us have the tendency of holding in our hearts the right and wrong, but there's more life to this faith than just a list of rights and wrongs. There is a law that guides us, but there is new life in a stick that springs out into life, and there's daily bread for us, for our souls, something to eat every day. You know, there's something really powerful about a faith that isn't just laws, a a saviour that isn't just rules, there is life in it. And maybe today you need a bit of life. Maybe today you need a, a, a thing that seems dead to spring back into life. Or maybe you need food for the soul. I had a great conversation, I won't embarrass you by now. I had a great conversation before the service praying for, for, for somebody whose, whose family is in the US, I think, uh, and sending me messages and saying, George, you're gonna pray for my mom. My mom is in trouble. And today I only found out the full extent of the trouble having had her heart stopped twice during her uh, hospitalization in June or July. And look back, in church today, giving thanks to the Lord for His saving grace. But maybe there's another kind of life you need. Maybe your relationships have run out of life and they need, they need life in them. They need the joy of the Lord to be part of that. And maybe there is a hunger in you that is difficult to satisfy. It can only really be met when you eat from the manner of heaven. And God put those ingredients in a box and he called it a covenant box, the ark of the covenant. You know, when Jesus invites, when God rather invites all of these people to be present, they were there to tell an important story. You know, there is a list of people who were guests at the birth of Jesus. I want to talk to you about that list in a moment. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus tells us about the most important commandments. He says the most important one is answering a question is, Hear, Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. You know, Jesus invites people to his birth. God invites people to the birth of Christ that touches those things. The love, the heart, the mind, and the strength. And let me explain to you. Present at the birth of Jesus were shepherds. Shepherds represent the heart, the care and concern. I want you to know that God cares about you. And we as a church should care about people. Can you say amen to that? We should care about that. We should care about the condition of mankind. We should care about one another. Caring means inconveniencing ourselves. You know, shepherds uh, stay out in the fields, especially uh, when there's a rumor of wolves. Uh, shepherds uh, fight uh, foxes and take care of dangers to make sure sheep never have to. Uh, the shepherd represents the heart of God. Jesus wanted to make a statement at his birth. I'm here to love you and to protect you from the wolf. The roaring, uh, 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 the one who roars like a lion but isn't a lion. The faker, the intimidator, the, the shaker, the uncertainties that come from him. I'm here to be a shepherd. He brought shepherds because he was a shepherd and he knew the world needed a shepherd. He brought shepherds to his birth because he knew that what we needed was an acknowledgement that we're sheep 
who just are in need of a shepherd. You know, every person needs a leader in their lives. And Jesus is the great shepherd of the soul. We make a mistake when we allow ourselves to be led by external things. Sometimes we're led by just totally the wrong thing. Sometimes we're led by our own feelings. Sometimes we're led by financial ambitions leading us. I, mean, I, can, I can see it. I told you when I, was, uh, in, um, when I was in Cyprus, I'm going to tell you lots of Cyprus stories. You're going to be so irritated with me. It's just so beautiful there. But it's more beautiful here. Because you are here. I've waited two months to say that. But I, I, I had a personal realization. I used, to, I used to walk everywhere. So things are fairly close to, to, to where I was. It's an island. It's not like here, you know. My brother had a strange experience. He wanted to test drive a car. And he said, he said to, the, to, to the dealer, can I just leave my passport here? Or what, what do you need? And then I can drive. He said, where are you going? It's an island. You will get to some ocean and then we will go fetch it. And the police will fetch you. Where are you going? I used to walk past the gym that was really close to my house. And I popped in one day. I heard the Lord say, it's time to fight 50. You know what I'm talking about, Andre? Yeah, it's an age, not a spiritual principle. And I went in there and I said, how much for, the, for, for Jim? And he said, well, for a month. And, and by the look of you, he said, I think you should, I think, uh, I forget the amount, uh, 50 euro. That's like 7,000 rand um, in South African. No, it's not. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, multiply by 20. Uh, that's the currency. And I paid it. And you know, a strange thing happened to me the minute I paid it. Every day I went to Jim. Because I said to myself, I will not pay and then not use it. And you know what's weird? I did that for months here in South Africa. What's, what's wrong? Sometimes we acclimatize to the decisions we make and we need to be led out of our own small-mindedness. We have to be led out of it. We need a leader. And Jesus is, is that shepherd. You know... Uh, you mustn't only be saved from your historic, historical sins. You must come to him to also be led to your future victories. For he is both Lord and Savior. The Savior plucks me out of my brokenness, but the Lordship leads me into my fullness. He takes us from something because he has in mind to restore us, to present us as something. And I think sometimes we forget about that. We need a shepherd. While I was uh, there in Cyprus, we went and had a look at the old uh, sort of family homestead my grandparents grew up in. And there is one remaining giant fig tree. It's huge. Now, I know to me all trees seem huge, but this is huge. It's going to be cut down soon. It produces more figs than we can eat, and so that just brings bugs. But I remember it very well because, because 
uh, it, the donkey used to be attached to it, uh, tied to it, and there were sort of goats. We had goats. Can you believe we had goats? And I would help my gran take the goats out for a meal in my teens, a good 10 years ago. And I was reminded of all of this as we traveled, sort of going and having a look at different places and remembering different things. I remembered how incredibly difficult it was to herd goats. It's no easy thing, let me tell you. My gran would jump off that donkey. My gran was half my height. I have made great progress genetically in my family. I may not be where you are, but you didn't start where I started. (laughs) And she would jump off that donkey and chase off after the leading sort of goat, one with a bell. And they used to, I don't know if they, I mean, in South Africa, I think they have them too. They had like little earrings, little like bits of flesh, little fur. And she'd grab them. And I thought, Lord Jesus, may I never behave in such a way that that is the way in which you must lead me. But today I want to invite you to remember that the birth of Jesus is an introduction into our lives of a great shepherd whose heart is for us and not against us and whose compassion is to heal us with tender mercies and a heart after God. And that his compassion for us is to add to the box that started out in Exodus law and to bring the rod and the staff of a great shepherd and put it in the box. And some people's covenant relationship with God is still only laws. And that won't heal you. Sometime or another, a shepherd must put the shepherd's staff in the box and it must be a stick of life. It must bud, must produce, it must generate. And Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Indirectly, God was saying by sending a shepherd, if you want to know where my heart is, God's saying, where my treasure is, there's my treasure. Those people. There were three kings who made their way. I think they were on the wall here somewhere. And not the actual kings, a representation of the kings are on the wall. Three kings made their way. You know, kings represented wisdom. They were wise men in many Bibles, translations it says. It wasn't the kings so much as the wise men. They looked into the stars, hoping and wondering what else is out there. And while they were looking, something unexpected, a star they hadn't seen seen before, and that star led them to Jesus. I want to tell you that Jesus came to call the people together who wonder if there's more to life out there and wondering if what we haven't yet discovered is going to unlock the secrets to the universe and the world. And I want to tell you that when you look into a universe you don't yet understand and wonder what's out there, the answer will lead you back to Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. So many books have been written by great thinkers who started out wanting to prove that the world is either very scientific or Christianity is very silly. And you know where their roads converged? Their roads converged at the foot of a cross where they bow their knee and say, surely a loving, intelligent God must have put this world together as we see it. And it's an incredible thing that sometimes we might think our heads get away from us. And Christ came because the kings represented our heads. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
mind, soul and strength. You know, a Christianity that doesn't also touch the mind is probably a bit shallow. A Christianity that changes the way we think is very important. A Christianity, a saviour that changes our attitudes about ourselves and our world and puts new ideas into our minds is vital. You know, you don't have to be an emotional wreck to be a Christian. You can be smart. You can have MBAs. I mean, is that smart or is that, yes? Just making sure. You can study the sciences, have an interest in creation, even in evolution. You can have an interest in the universe and an interest in whether there's life on other planets. You can have all of those things. You can be wise in the wisdom of this world. But I want you to know that at some point, a light will come on in all your searching and that that light is going to take you to a little boy that was born as both son of man and son of God. And that that little boy will grow to be a man who will take you to an awareness of a sinner who dies on a cross so that Jesus Christ can raise you from the dead. And it's a, it's a remarkable thing when we think that G- Jesus is only for one part or one type or one person. He's not. Jesus came to be a shepherd. Or he came to be a king of kings. And he came to, to bring some of the greatest wisdom and knowledge uh, into, into our lives. Uh, Romans chapter 8 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Do you know something I've discovered about knowledge is that it can give me information, but it can't give me redemption. You know, when you do those personality things, and we recently did that as a staff, just out of interest. We did one of those uh, profiles. Um, sometimes I... I really, I try to cheat. How many of you would like to admit that you sort of think you know where the questions are going and you don't want to be seen as having no compassion? So when, for instance, they ask questions like, if you saw a dying raccoon on the floor and you, and you had to choose between being on time or rescuing the raccoon, you know you would rather be on time. But you say to yourself, what will they think of me? I better say, I'm going to help this raccoon. Going to help this raccoon. Um, I've been confessing all kinds of meanness concerning nature lately. I should be careful. Eh? Well, we all want, because sometimes the information, I, I did a test. This is why, by the way, I'm aware of the time. This is why uh, I, I get anxious. Uh, years and years ago, I did a test and it said I had like nine out of 10 for leadership, one out of 10 for mercy. I was devastated because information can give me knowledge, but it doesn't give me joy. It doesn't give me peace. You know what gives me peace? Is that Jesus Christ can take a man with nine out of 10 in one area and one out of 10 in another, and he can supply what is lacking in your life, and he can raise what needs to be raised, and he can level off what needs to be leveled off so that I can say, the man who met Jesus is not the man who walks with Jesus. And the last group at the, at the, on the guest list were the angels that day. 
the angels who brought a message of hope. Jesus came for the heart, he came for the head, and he came for a hope in the future. That's powerful. His arrival came to unlock those things. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Over the next couple of weeks, I mean, tonight's going to be awesome. You absolutely should come. I get lots of questions. Do you have to sign in? Do you have to be vaccinated? Do you have to be able to speak in tongues? I just know to all of the above. You don't have to sign in. We only require people to do what government says we have to do, which is to wear a mask in gatherings and sanitize when you come in and speak in any language you want, preferably Greek. <laughs> but a message of hope. Would you stand with me as we pray? I'm sure Jeffrey's Bay is nervous that I must finish now, uh, 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 that we share a venue there. And so come tonight uh, and hear the hope of the good news. Father, we thank you today that the birth of Jesus is you putting things of value in an ark, a covenant box. It started out as just laws, but then you added the, the shepherd's stick that budded into life and you added manna for daily bread and you taught us that our lives have a story of good news, of glad tidings that come from heaven. And we thank you for that privilege in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise, worship, and thanksgiving?